Welcome, Politics Guys supporters, to our second Politics Guys bonus show, after show, call it what you want, where we just sort of take a few minutes as a special thank you to everyone who's, you know, helping to keep the show going, give you a little a little something extra. Uh, and today I am joined by uh, Trey Orndorf. Trey, how are you doing this week? It's been wonderful. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's good. I kind of expected that answer since I just asked you the same question about an hour ago when we did the regular <laughs> show. Nothing changed. The, doing the show with me did not somehow darken your day. That's, a, that's certainly a good thing. So No, not at all. So now we get to do something fun, apparently. I'm really excited well, by yeah. that. So I thought, if it's okay with you, you know, one of the things we didn't get to, we had prepared this, but one of the things we didn't get to in the regular show because of time constraints was a story that I think we were both very interested in, and I know you put together uh, a lot on this. Uh, that's the recent Supreme Court ruling on sports betting. you want to just kind of give a brief intro to that? We can sort of just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's exciting. As a matter of fact, I mean, for anybody who likes uh, football or basketball, I, you know, I don't know about you, Michael, I've kind of moved away from football as I've gotten older for a lot of reasons. I think you have, too, as I understand, just kind of watching your evolution. I'm still a huge basketball fan, people. Um, and so uh, this might be tempting for me because uh, this week, the Supreme Court struck down the federal law that barred gambling on most sports. Now, it didn't make it possible immediately, but basically what had been what was happening is is that only Nevada had an exception to allow for sports betting uh, and a law that was passed in 1992. Uh, but what this strike down does is, is it allows other states to determine whether or not they're going to have betting. As a matter of fact, it was started um, by New Jersey and eventually joined on by 20 other states who were arguing for the constitutionality of this law. And it just got struck down, which means that now these states can, if they so desire, uh, legalize sports betting in their own territories. So uh, are you placing any bets? Are you thinking about that, Michael? So <laughs> what, uh, what do you think about this? Well, you know, I... I'm torn in a way. First, I guess my the first thing I thought about is, isn't the Constitution weird? I mean, because in the sense that if Congress certainly could have constitutionally just banned all sports betting, there's no question right. about that. But what they did instead of banning it in this kind of weird sort of, well, we don't want to just ban it, but we'll just pass a law saying that states can't pass laws allowing this, which is not okay under the Constitution. So from a pragmatic standpoint, you say, well, what's the difference? Well, not much, but from a constitutional standpoint, there is. And so even though this is a weird thing, I agree with the court's interpretation. Um, but I guess my concern here is I, I make a distinction between betting on professional sports and betting on amateur sports. I don't have a problem with betting on professional sports, I think you can make a you know a reasonable argument that people should be free to do that sort of thing, or states should be able to you know free to decide if they want. Where I have a problem is betting on amateur sports. Um, no, I know from all the March Madness people, I don't they don't like to hear that, but I, I think it's an important distinction because with the amateur sports betting, I mean with with amateurs, there's a lot there's a lot less. Well, there's not necessarily a lot of money involved, but uh, certainly there's a lot more of a, a possibility of of corruption, I think, with amateur sports. I mean, you know, the idea of something like the, what's it, the 1919 Black Sox scandal, you know, where the team was mm -hmm. paid to throw the World Series. Well, when you have players making five, 10, 15 million dollars, 20, 30 million dollars, I mean, I think Steph Curry's making like 34, 35 million dollars, it's going to be pretty tough to bribe those people. But amateurs, 
Uh, that's a different story, especially if we move away from something like basketball into other things. And, you know, as someone pointed out uh, earlier this week, when you think about what this opens up potentially with internet, in-game, sports betting sort of thing, you could have betting on the next pitch. You could have betting on the next uh, series of downs. You could, this could be enormous, essentially. And I think that's certainly really disturbing in terms of what it could be. But at, at some point, you really can't, you know, this is going to happen, I think. But I would like to see a com- confined just the professional sports. I have a real problem with legalizing uh, gambling on amateur sports. So that's kind of where I fall on this. You know, I understand that because it's funny. There's been a lot of talk about this, especially on ESPN and others. And in all honesty, this is just another example of why the so-called amateur sports that's known as the NCAA is a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's just poking more fissures in a, a an edifice. I know we're gonna we're gonna hear about this. Well, no, no, that's, <laughs> that's a great no. I think that's a great point because when we talk about amateur sports, I would actually call I would actually call uh, college basketball and football semi-pro sports, at least at Division One, uh, Division One level. So that's a whole different animal. I would say. Yeah, but I mean, talk about a place that's going to be ripe for the problem because you're basically, you have these people who are getting underpaid purposely because of the way you've set up the system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exa- well, exactly. But I think that where there's the real potential for smart and ethical people to do some real damage is in lesser known sports when people know they're oh. not going to get a career off of this or anything like that. And so if there's going to be a line on the, I don't know, on, on the North Kentucky university tennis team outcomes, well, that's going to be a lot easier to influence with some, you know, by, by, not that, not that people at my institution are, those students at my institution are any more, you know, uh, subject to being bribed than anyone else, but you get the point, right? I mean, yeah. If you open it up to that, where does that where does that end? You could see that going into some very very dark places. That's my concern. Well, the hope would be is that your individual states will have some common good sense in their policy making. And oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, but no. And so I understand the federalism argument and the kind of libertarian argument and so forth. And 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 I. It's not like I'm unsympathetic to that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe states won't rush to legalize all forms of sports gambling. But it, it from what I've heard, it seems like a lot of states are looking to do that, seeing that as a big revenue source. But here here's the thing. And I understand the argument of people saying, well. It's already being done under the table, and so this just allows the states to make some money for it. Okay, yeah, but also I think by legitimizing it, we're going to see an explosion in it that we haven't seen you know, to this point. And it will allow things like, no kidding, betting on, uh, on college tennis and soccer and, uh, you know, and all those other sports that we don't consider to be big-time sports, and that's where I think we might really be running into some problems. Again, I hope I'm wrong about this, certainly, but uh, that's the future I see. Well, I, I tell you, I mean, I have one positive news for you, Michael. I mean, that was one of the things you kind of we worried about as a country when you talked about the legalization of alcohol again. You know, you know, where is it going to end? You know, how are we going to manage it? And you're right. I mean, there there will become policy issues that we have to deal with. Uh, and I think that I think what you're pointing out there is probably right, but I, I'm a little bit more optimistic, <laughs> slightly more optimistic, I think, in the long run. But 
Well, I, I hope you're right. That's all I'll say is I hope you're yeah. right. So, you know, I, I also wanted to mention uh, to, to supporters that we're actually going to be in the midst of a move in the next week. Right now that all of our shows are hosted on Audio Boom, we're moving over to uh, uh, Libsyn. And we're doing this for a number of reasons, but one of them is we've heard some news that it's possible that Audio Boom might not be around in a little bit. We hope that that's not the case, but we don't want to be caught with our pants down, so to speak. So these moves technically should happen without any sort of interruption in anything. But sometimes there's some weirdness when RSS feeds are transferred over and something like that. So just wanted to give you kind of a heads up on that. Uh, though, of course, if that happened, you might not hear about it. You'll, you'll hear about it, actually, uh, either here or on the, on the feed and that sort of thing. But I just wanted to let folks know about that. Wonderful. Well, any other issues you want to bring up for our bonus show, Michael? Well, you know, uh, one one final thing, I guess, uh, is people if people are following our uh, Facebook feed, and I think we have, a, you know, we talked in a regular show about the difference between Twitter and Facebook, and we're on Twitter, but it's not really much of a thing for us, and I think it's because we don't get the sort of feeling of community and debate and so forth, and it's been a great week for us on Facebook. We've had some We've had some really in-depth discussions on things. There have been some people who've just frustrated the heck out of me, but we've been able to, <laughs> but, you know, but no, we've been able to engage in these kind of longer things. And, and that's what I love about our Facebook group. And I know a number of folks who are listening to this are part of that Facebook group. And one thing I wanted to thank people for specifically is, as folks know, I'm spinning off the interview show into a show called Politics Plus, and I presented some design ideas, and people were great about suggesting things. In fact, we have one listener who is kind of sort of a designer herself, and she knows a professional designer, and they're helping me out with that. It's pretty clear I'm no designer. You look at the things I put together, and I look at them, it's like, ooh, geez, that's, uh, that, that was my best, essentially. But I wanted to thank everyone for that and just make the larger point that if you're not part of our Facebook group, I know a lot of Facebook stuff is kind of crummy and a lot of, you know, not, not worth uh, getting involved in, but I really think that we are different than that. And I find it to be a valuable and, and fun and interesting thing every week. And so I just wanted to point that out and thank everyone. No, it's always exciting. I, I love it because it's almost kind of like having this really, longer form informed discussion. Uh, I just wish that I had more time through the day to just always talk yeah. with everybody. Yeah, me too. And, you know, that kind of also made me think about, because of course we're, we're always trying to, a concern, unfortunately, because of how much time we put into the show is making it sustainable. And that involves building a, an even larger audience and all that kind of thing. Um, one of the frustrations, and this I think is true in media in general, there's so much time and effort that has to go into things like marketing. Uh, and it's just the nature of the beast trying to get, you know, heard. It's nice to be a hidden gem, but, you know, you want to be a not hidden gem. Uh, and it's frustrating because the more time you put into stuff like that or the more time you just put into keeping up with whatever crazy thing is being tweeted, it's so hard, harder than ever, I think, to find a time to do kind of in-depth, like seriously deep thinking. And, you know, I talked in the regular show about how important it is to question your biases and really dig in and that sort of thing. And it's like modern society is designed to make that even more difficult than it was. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old, oldish kind of guy. And I remember a world when it was 
a little bit easier, but I struggle like crazy to find the time to say, well, like, like for instance, on the Facebook group, we have, we have a listener, Scott Sanford. I, I'll say his full name because Scott, you don't mind, I'm sure, who's really been pushing back uh, with me against this whole Obama spying thing. And I said, you know what? I want to take the time to really dig into some conservative sources and read that. But it's been hard to carve out that time, honestly. And, and that's, it's, it's a continuing frustration with me. And, and I don't have any good answers to that. Just trying to find the time amidst everything else that we're trying to do with the show is, is, you know, difficult, unfortunately. It is, you know, and you don't want to be, you don't want to be part of the problem. So when we post things to the Facebook, you know, I don't want, I always think three or four times about what I'm posting on there because I don't want to just be another ping in everybody's life that's going to just distract yeah. you from thinking about something more important. And because I value the same thing on my side, you know, as you're talking about, you know, when I, I it's very difficult to find those moments when you can read that long form or when you have that time to think about those. And so I think that's one of the cool things about the Facebook pages is that, you know, I, I know that I do and I know that Mike and Jay does that we try to think a minute and say, well, is this really worth that ping? <laughs> yeah. But it, because, it's, you know, it's hard because, of course, that's exactly the stuff that immediate reaction stuff that gets the that tends to go viral and get the engagement and that sort of thing. And that's just not mm-hmm. our not our uh, not our interest or in the marketing terms, not our brand, you know, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, it reminds me of yeah, I remember back in, the, you know, in grad school when when, you know, you could build your life around really digging into these things and going deep and reading books and seeing all these connections and that. And that's an awesome feeling and thing. But the, you know, the, it's so hard to replicate that. And that's really unfortunate because it's so cool to be able to do if you have a chance to do that. Yes, it is. It, it is a blast, but it's all, it, I think, you know, it was harder for me to do that when I was a graduate student because it was the beginning of having to be keeping up all the time. You know, yeah. your even your professors, when you were working in the class, they would expect you to turn around on emails in, in uh, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I, we're, we're kind of at the end of our time here, but I'm going to throw in one last thing, totally unrelated to politics. Just like you recommended a book unrelated to politics in the regular show, I'm going to recommend a TV show, uh, uh, what I think is kind of a hidden gem that's unrelated to politics uh, entirely, just to close out things. Uh, it's a show on IFC, uh, which is, you know, not a network necessarily a lot of people get, called Brockmire. It is, okay, it is filthy. Uh, and so if you have an issue with that, <laughs> They'll just don't just stop now. But it is, as far as I'm concerned, just the funniest thing. I, I get so much joy. It's one of those shows where I just, that's to me, it's just a joyful experience to me. Uh, it stars Hank Azari. He's a, he's a, a minor league baseball broadcaster who does uh, prodigious amounts of drugs and, and all kinds of risky sex and all that's the part where, you know, it's like, oh, but, but it's so funny. I, I love it. I treasure every minute of it. I'm sure it's not going to be air, on the air long. And so I do what I can to promote that sort of thing. So if you don't have a problem with just totally filthy kind of content, that's also funny, a kind of disclaimer there. Uh, I, I, I love it so much. So anyway, that's... That. It almost makes me wish I had television. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. So, all right. Well, that's it for this bonus episode. Hey, thanks so much for being part of it, Trey. I appreciate it. It was fun to do it with you. 
it's a lot of fun to do it. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, another bonus episode. I think it might actually be us again, uh, Trey. We're still kind of waiting to confirm that, but I had a lot of fun, and I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it too. And hey, I should mention, if you're a listener, and if you're listening, you're a listener, let us know what you think about these bonus episodes. You know how to get in touch, obviously. You know, you can message us through Patreon since you're a supporter. You can just do it, you know, mail at politicsguys.com. We'd love to know what you think about that. So thanks very much.